IDC Radio. IDC Radio, in collaboration with Kol Israel. Traveling Blues. Traveling Blues with Ellie Marcus. Finger licking good. Good evening and welcome to Traveling Blues. Uh, that was uh, Charlie Musselwhite from an old uh, recording in the 70s that we use as our uh, opening uh, signal there. And uh, hopefully we'll give you something from his brand new album a little bit uh, later. But we're going to start off with a new album I received of Travis Haddock's. Some of these tracks are brand new. Some of them are... Uh, our uh, re-recordings and uh, re-releases. And this is a brand new track that he recorded this year. It's called Two Heads Are Better Than One. Two. God, what are you thinking? 
one head for having four. I believe in that old saying, two heads are better than one. Can I sing one more verse? Listen. Man's got a big head on his shoulder. You got a little head, you already know where. The big head tells him what to do and how to behave. The little head don't care. You got one head for thinking, one head for having fun. I believe in that old saying, two heads are better than one. Ha, ha, ha. Can I sing one more verse? Just one more. I think I have to warn you. The more verses I sing, the more risque it gets. Can I sing one more? Listen. Don't have to feel sorry for a woman. This is all she's got to do. Rubber man on the little head once or twice. He'll do anything she wanted to. You got one head for thinking, one head for having fun. I believe in that old saying, two heads are better than one. Travis Moonchild Haddix, and that's a brand new album called It's My Time Now, the best of Travis Haddix, and there's at least uh, one, two, three, four, there's at least five or six uh, brand new tracks on that out of the 18 that are featured on that album. Now we've got something new from a brand new artist, a young lady named Betty Fox from down in Tampa, Florida, and this is called Slow Burn.
Betty Fox from Tampa, Florida, and uh, her guitarist is called Kid Royal. But don't try looking that up on Facebook because apparently there's some band in Canada that has the same name. But you can find out more information about Betty Fox and her brand new album, which is uh, titled the same as that song, Slow Burn, at BettyFox.net. Let's go for our station identification, and we'll be right back. Sorry, that wasn't the station ID. Let's get the station ID lined up here, and here we go. IDC International Radio, in collaboration with Colisrael. So that was actually the introduction to uh, the brand new album from Charlie Musselwhite. Let's pull that track back in here, and... Let's tell you that uh, he's got a brand new album out. It's on an independent label, so you won't find it uh, that easily, although I think I've seen it already on Amazon. And it's called I Ain't Lion. And there's a nice little uh, promo video of Charlie Musselwhite on uh, YouTube and also on his website, so you could check it out. He tells a story there about uh, uh, being at the crossroads, the real crossroads where Route 49 and 61 meet in... Uh, is it just outside of uh, Greenwood, Mississippi? I don't remember. Anyhow, uh, yes, I've got my consultant here, uh, uh, Charlie Sawyer, which we'll introduce in a couple of minutes. Uh, let's listen to uh, Charlie Musselwhite playing Good Blues Tonight from his brand new album. Honey, it don't 
Charlie Musselwhite's brand new album called I Ain't Lying. And if anybody out there has the uh, promo sheet with the credits, I'd like to know who that guitarist is because I can't find it anywhere on the internet so far. They put out an album and there's no information anywhere except for the fact that Charlie Musselwhite is on it. Anyhow, congratulations, Charlie Musselwhite. And let's say hello to uh, Mr. Charles Sawyer, who is also a harmonica player and also a uh, historian, a blues historian. He's a biographer who wrote the first uh, official book on B.B. King. And um, I'll let you uh, hear it from the horse's mouth. Hi, Charlie. Erev Tov. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good evening. Fine. Uh, welcome to the second week of my retirement. <laughs> Well, you know something? I don't believe in retirement. You know what happened to Honey Boy Edwards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was 96 years old, and three months before he passed away, he announced his retirement, and that was it. That was it. That was his big mistake. <laughs> exactly. So don't don't commit yourself to anything. I mean, I know you have courses that you're going to be continuing to teach and other things that you're going to keep busy with. Oh, so yes. uh, you're not really retired. No, I'm just sort of on vacation here. <laughs> I try to come every year. You know, I have many, many close friends here. So, uh, as soon as I finished uh, my my last official day at Google in Cambridge, uh, I made a, a quick uh, beat beat my way over here, and here I am again. Yeah, I understand that you uh, sort of officiated uh, in a way late uh, at the. Uh, funeral ceremonies for uh, Mr. B.B. King. Yes, in Indianola, uh, at the uh, at the Baptist Church in Indianola. Yes, it was. Uh, well, I I say it's memorable, but that just doesn't even begin to uh, to give the the idea of it. It was uh, f- four days, I think it was. He was buried on Saturday, and uh, they flew his body from uh, Las Vegas, uh, and. Uh, then there was a cortege from Memphis down through the Delta, uh, down Beale Street. Uh, the streets were mobbed with people. And uh, the uh, Mississippi Highway Patrol met the cortege at the border. And uh, it took them six hours to make the two-hour trip uh, down to Indianola because they went through all the towns and and uh, the streets and sidewalks and roadways were lined with people saying goodbye to their hero, Riley B. King. 
And uh, there was a funeral on Saturday and a burial on the grounds of the B.B. King Museum in uh, Indianola, Mississippi. And it was uh, some of the most memorable days of my life, I can say that for sure. Who are some of the people that you met down there? Um, well, I mean, were there were there any high profile celebrities? First of all, people like uh, Buddy Buddy Guy uh, came on the Friday when BB Lee in state. He came in kind of quietly, and uh, went and stood. Uh, at the coffin, the coffin was on display for eight hours in the uh, the gin, cotton gin, that is the core of the B.B. King Museum. Um, the the town of uh, of Indianola uh, bought the uh, uh, bought the cotton gin for one dollar, <laughs> and uh, when they brought B.B. Uh, this is some years back to show him where they were going to build the museum. He got out of the car and he looked and he said, hell, I worked here. And he used to work there in, in the gin in, in the uh, sort of midsummer before they started the harvest. And then that's where he finally lay in state, right there in that, uh, in that uh, cotton gin building there on the grounds of the B.B. King Museum. Did any uh, rock stars or, or something like that show up at the, uh, at the funeral? No. Just 4,000 people that filed past the coffin. <laughs> well, that could be his family alone, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he really had deep uh, ties to the, uh, to the community. I mean, that's where he lived. That's where he started uh, life as an adult there in Indianola, Mississippi. And uh, the, uh, the funeral was held in the uh, Baptist church there, a magnificent church, seats 500 people, and uh, of course every seat was taken, and it was a three-hour service with choirs and, um, and a really stirring Baptist uh, sermon, I guess you'd, we'd call it a sermon, I don't know what, it certainly was uh, rousing, and uh, a lot of singing, and uh, I was invited to be one of the people to speak there at the funeral. And uh, so there were four of us who spoke. And then they, uh, they brought the coffin, uh, it was a mile and a half back to the museum grounds and uh, buried him there on the grounds of the museum. Let's play a track. And uh, you uh, sent me this track, Blue Shadows. Is there anything special about it? It's a Lowell Fulsome tune. Uh, and it's from the early 60s. And I would say that it's really very representative of B.B. in that period uh, in his life. Um, it's not the big band sound that you might expect from, you know, live at the Regal or, or live at Cook County. Um, but it's one of my favorites, Blue Shadows. Okay. We'll tell a little bit more about uh, your experience in just a minute. Blue Shadows.
Charles Sawyer in the studio, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about the uh, funeral ceremonies for B.B. King, and maybe I'll put something on in the background there with, uh, this is B.B. King doing a cover of a Paul McCartney song. So you're telling me about uh, Memphis, and uh, it was mostly local people, you you say. Yes. Uh, B.B.'s uh, body arrived... uh by air from uh, Las Vegas. There had been uh, two uh, memorials in Las Vegas. Uh, And then uh, cortege that uh, took his body down Beale Street in Memphis, and they were met... uh, Memphis is right at the border of Mississippi, and they were met at the border by an escort of uh, Mississippi uh, Highway Patrol. And, uh, And they drove down Highway 61, um, through all the small towns, tremendous turnout, and BB uh, lay in state in the uh, cotton gin that's part of the BB King Museum in Indianola, Mississippi, uh, for a day for eight hours. Four thousand people filed through, and uh, among those four thousand were Buddy Guy, who made a short visit. Uh, he had uh, performance commitments, so he didn't stay f- for the funeral the next day. 
but uh, the P.B. King Museum in Indianola is, is extraordinary. It's a $15 million uh, complex of buildings. It's just extraordinary uh, museum technology. And you were a consultant, I understand, for that. Uh, yes, from from the very early part of the design of the museum, I, I was part of the of the team that uh, that thought through how to uh, present Bibi's life. And uh, one of the things I always emphasize about uh, Bibi's life is that uh, it spans uh, a time at the beginning of his life. The, the South and the economy of cotton was not substantially different than it had been for like 50 or 60 years. Cotton was still picked by hand. Yeah. Uh, and there were, in, you know, he's born 1925, so there was, there was no mechanized agriculture then. I mean, mechanized meant a mule and, you know, and, and a plow <laughs> and, and so on. Well, they had tractors. He did drive a tractor at some point. Uh, tractors didn't were not introduced uh, into the South really until the early 1930s. Right. He by the time he was a young man, he was a tractor driver in the 1940s in the in the war years. Uh, but uh, when he was born and when he was very young, cotton was picked by hand. Armies of people that crawled through the fields. And uh, and now, uh, cotton is harvested by monster six-row behemoths controlled from computerized air-conditioned cabs yeah just you know just march through the fields combines i've been in those i've i've actually picked cotton believe it or not oh, really yes <laughs> up north in israel yeah um and uh well the the service was extraordinary and i was invited to be one of four speakers uh, to pay tribute to Bibi, and I chose to speak historically. Uh, the others spoke more personally. And uh, give uh, us some highlights of what you uh, what you said there. Yes, uh, it's been published in, in a few places, but I I will uh, I'll I'll excerpt from this. Uh, Riley B. King as B.B. King became an icon of American music by founding a new style of guitar playing, indeed a whole new genre of music, on that instrument. Audiences and guitarists worldwide were dazzled by his performances. It's not hyperbole to say that his influence on electric blues guitar is so deep and so profound that his musical DNA, his imprint, will be heard in the playing of every guitarist today who plays the blues. B.B. King lives in every blues lick on every electric guitar for as long as blues is played on six strings. And uh, I think that's sort of indisputably true. Definitely. Um, I actually had a, a sort of a discussion, of <laughs> a bit of a disagreement with uh, one of the members of the Blues Society who comes to the jams regularly, and he couldn't believe when I told him that well, I have this policy that, you know, you should learn to play your instrument thoroughly before you start messing around with all kinds of uh, effect pedals and all kinds of, you know, synthesized effects. Sure. And I also think it just, you know, it wastes people's time on stage when you're in a jam and you start setting up 
all kinds of effect pedals. Yeah. So this guy said to me, but BB King uses effect pedals. I said, no, he doesn't. He has not. No. And he says, how does he get that vibrato sound? How does he get that fantastic? I said, well, he With played the same note the same way for over 60 years. Right. Yeah. You get some vibrato and you get some extra soul in that. I mean, yeah. He plugs straight into his amp. He doesn't have any signal processing at all, and he never has. Exactly. He That's played... the whole point. It's in his fingers. It's in his hands. Yes. Another bit from, from what I read at, at uh, the, the service, the measure of his achievement is best seen by looking at two times in his life. The first is the spring and summer of 1940 when, at age 14, he was an orphan living alone in a cabin in Kilmichael, Mississippi, sharecropping one acre of cotton and living on a furnish of $2.50 a month. Contrast this with the evening in December 2006 when he received the Medal of Freedom given to him by President George W. Bush at the White House uh, in a ceremony, and he went from being a 14-year-old solitary sharecropper to the recipient of the highest civilian honor. That's the measure of his life, and he began life at a time when it was just mules and men. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And uh, I remember, uh, wasn't he earning like a dollar fifty a week when he was playing uh, clubs in Memphis? And and I don't remember, was he getting paid for the radio show that he was doing back then? I I, I think probably he wasn't paid for the for the radio show, but he was making. Uh, uh, what for him was enormous money playing by getting a daily gig on the radio he was able to secure a sort of a permanent gig uh, in, in Miss Annie's 16th Street uh, grill and uh, and he got I think $10 a night and uh, and he got room upstairs and this combination of being playing every night Locally and being on the local radio was this kind of multiplier that that uh, that boosted his popularity to be regional, and then eventually with Three O'clock Blues, uh, he had a uh, national hit on the right. R&B charts. We're hearing uh, one of his classic tunes from uh, Live at the Regal in the background here. Now, aside from the uh, biography book that you wrote, uh, you also uh, started a band about 25 years ago, 30 years ago? Uh, not quite that long, like 15 years ago. And you called the band 2120 South Michigan Avenue after the legendary address of Chess Records. Yes, that 2120 South Michigan Avenue is the name of a song, uh, and it's the name of a band. And it's an address, all of those things. And it's the title of an album by George Thorogood, released a couple of years ago. Right. I actually have an autographed copy of that. Oh, really? Lucky you. They sent it out to everybody that uh, that uh, renewed a membership to the foundation, I think. They... I see. Great, yeah. Well, that that's the location of Chess Records in Chicago, Illinois. Not the first one, not the last one, but it was their address in... in that, that main period of about a dozen years when they changed the face of American music with all those great artists that they recorded. Howlin' Wolf, um, uh, Muddy Waters, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, 
the list goes on. There are, there are 15 or 20 of, of the most important uh, blues artists uh, from that period that were on the Chess label. Uh, Chess was their family name, but it, wasn't the, it was not the original family name. Chizik, Chizik or something like Zesh. that. C-Z-Y-Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and they came from a shtetl in, in Poland. Yes. Uh, and uh, they opened a liquor store. Uh, and then, uh, then they bought a, a bar, and then they uh, bought into a partnership uh, with the Aristocrat Records. Right, right. Then they bought out their partners, and they changed their name and the name of the label to Chess. Leisure and Fijol Jesh became Phil, uh, Phil and, and Leonard. Leonard, right, right. Chess. And later on, their son, uh, one of their Marshall. sons, joined the uh, group. Uh, Marshall became the uh, the manager of the Rolling Stones, uh, and the Rolling Stones recorded their second album at Chess Records in Chicago, and the first cut on the B-side is titled 2120 South Michigan Avenue, and that's the name of my band. <laughs> well, let's play a track that you brought in from uh, your band, and this is called Nightlife, correct? That's correct, yeah. When was this recorded? About five years ago. Okay, 2120 South Michigan Avenue playing Nightlife.
C International Radio in collaboration with Collis Yeah, sorry about that. That's a bit of a shock. <laughs> Station ID. I uh, I usually try to get what they call the uh, R&B night station identification, which is a little bit mellower. That song was written uh, by uh, Willie Nelson back in 1960. It turns out. And uh, the lead singer there was uh, Fran Taylor. Kalo. Oh, Kalo, sorry. C-A-L-O, Fran Kalo. Sorry. C-A-L-O. And uh, you've actually had a number of different interesting musicians as uh, either regular members of the band or guests of uh, the band. Uh, I can think of uh, Sonny Cronauer, who's, yes. yep. who's been... Uh, a little bit more high profile lately because oh, yes. she recorded with uh, Duke Robillard. with Duke Robillard and a few other people, and you've had Monster Mike Welch on stage with you, and you've had, right. of course, at some point or another, BB King as I, a guest. Yes, well, I was his guest when <laughs> when when he came to uh, to my uh, blues class at Harvard uh, in two thousand four. Um, yeah, I've had uh, I've been very very. Very lucky. And is the and band still continuing to perform from time to time? Yes, and we gave a concert uh, about two weeks ago, on uh, July 7th, actually, uh, at the uh, offices of Google in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And we had the, the great uh, jazz harmonica player Mike Turk with us. We also had a uh, keyboard player in the B.B. King band in the, in the early 70s, Ron Levy, playing with us. Yeah. And... Um, and I came away with about a terabyte of raw, <laughs> raw uh, video, and uh, uh, and it'll <laughs> take me years, I think, to to put that together. But we'll get something, something out of it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Say hi to Ron uh, next time you're uh, yes. in touch with him. Uh, He's a regular visitor to to Israel. 
He he is, but he keeps evading me for some reason, or we haven't just managed to meet up. We yeah, we've right. spoken a lot online and other otherwise, but we've never actually met face to face. Well, I'll chew him out when I, <laughs> when I see <laughs> you him. do that. Now we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, if you indulge me, give a couple of birthdays. We've got some uh, blues birthdays this week, and one of them is a local fellow named Asaf Barak who is the uh, guitarist in a number of different bands. The main one is the Heebie-Jeebies, a uh, blues and rock and roll band that's been quite successful across Israel in the last... Uh, I think uh, I think Guy said that he's been playing with him for seven years, and he now has uh, also a partnership in a uh, uh, PR firm named uh, Akavish Spider Productions in Hebrew. So happy birthday, uh, Asaf, as he turns uh, 40 years old this week. And uh, another blues birthday is a man who's no longer with us, uh, Robert Lucas, who was a great, great talent out in California. And this is from an album of his called uh, Luke and the Locomotives from back in 91. I'm so tired.
Lucas and I'm so tired from a session Lucan Locomotives back in 1991 and that's on uh, AudioQuest uh, recordings which are quite amazing. Now uh, of course uh, you're also a harmonica player Charlie, right? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, did you enjoy that track? Was that interesting? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, he had a nice tone there. Fantastic. Really classic sound, yeah. And uh, I want you to uh, give us uh, some coordinates or some URLs for some of your websites. You you uh, maintain at least two or three websites that are involved in music. Uh, urbanblues.org will get you to just about everywhere. Yeah, and there's one, wasn't there one that's called Blues is King or? Uh, yes, bluesisking.com. Uh, that uh, that gets you to a, a web portal uh, at Harvard University, uh, and it's a tremendous collection of uh, of interviews, photographs, uh, and uh, two plus hours of concert with my band, Twenty One Twenty South Michigan Avenue, and uh, Sunny Crownover, who you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, Jay Giles and Mike Welch uh, and Sweet Willie D. All of it uh, available through blue, uh, bluesisking.com. That's the portal which uh, actually lives uh, on servers at Harvard University where for 11 years I've been teaching history of blues. And do you have any uh, upcoming projects that uh, might interest uh, audience? Are, are you thinking of putting out a book? I mean, you have so many fantastic photographs in your collection from all those years. Uh, I have a, uh, uh, a Facebook page for uh, my photography, Charlie's Archives at Facebook. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I think you've probably seen most of the work, but... Uh, it's uh, my my blues photography, especially from the early seventies. At on Facebook, uh, Charlie's Archives, just the way you think you would spell it. Okay, great. Well, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show, and it's always a pleasure to have you uh, as a guest here. And we're going to go out with one more birthday uh, wish. Our friend Steve Freund, who used to be the uh, right-hand man of Sunland Slim and is now out in California. This is an album that was produced uh, by Dave Spector and uh, has Dave Spector playing together with Steve Freund, My Little Playhouse. So happy birthday, Steve, and uh, we'll catch you on Traveling Blues next week. 
Thank you to Norm on the uh, technical console, and uh, take care. I built a playhouse, didn't last you long. Turn my back, it was gone. My little playhouse did not last too long. I thought I had a name, but brother, I was wrong. Built that playhouse straight up from the ground. I just want to mention one last thing. If you're out and about tomorrow night at Shablul, the Dove Hammer uh, band with Andy Watts is going to be having Charlie Sawyer as a special guest. And that's at the Shablul in the Tel Aviv port tomorrow, Thursday night. So go out and support live music, please. Somebody else, my little friend.